0: We always have to focus on the audience. Who is this for? Speak as an audience advocate. Look at it from the audience's point of view.
1: I'm David Oti, and this is The Power of Story and Science, a mix of content and conversations on how to bring your science to life through powerful presentations. In this episode, you'll hear a conversation I had with Patricia Fripp, a superstar in the world of professional speakers and speaking coaches. Fripp is known for her focus on precise language and for her coaching of executives and sales professionals. Today, her focus is on her work helping scientists and engineers tell their stories. Welcome to The Power of Story and Science. I'm your host, David Oti. Today's episode will be a conversation, and I can't wait to introduce you to my conversation partner. She is a Hall of Fame speaker and in-demand speaking coach with a long and storied career, and I consider myself fortunate to call her colleague and friend. A good portion of her life now, she spends working with engineers in Silicon Valley Today I am thrilled to have on my show Patricia Fripp, or, as she prefers to be known, simply Fripp. Fripp, welcome.
0: My pleasure. Always great to be with you.
1: Will you just begin by giving us a snapshot of your career? It is, is so rich, I don't know how to capture it in a, in a short statement, but I'm sure you can do it justice.
0: Well, I arrived at age 20 in America with $500, no job, nowhere to live. And I knew everyone in America was rich and the streets were paved with movie stars. I was a hairstylist. I had a pair of shears and a license to use them. And as my career developed as one of San Francisco's number one men's hairstylists when that was a new industry, I started traveling nationwide for a hair product company, delivering hair cutting demonstrations and even more powerful management and motivational seminars for the stylists and the salon owners. And all my executive clients, movers and shakers in the financial district, and what do we always do is talk to our hairstylist. They were saying, well, if you're speaking, come talk to my staff meeting. Oh, hey, we're having a small meeting. Could you come off and give us a 30-minute talk on on customer service or teamwork? And out of those free talks to my clients, to their companies that were so well-received, I parlayed that into a speaking career. I went to the National Speakers Association Convention, got discovered by a big-time promoter, and then I realized to become a professional speaker is a long-term goal. And I used speaking to promote my business while I was developing my professional side of speaking. And so I, I, when I retired from the speaking business, when sorry when i re- when i re- when i retired from the hairstyling business i had a very well established speaking business and that was the time i became the president of the national speakers association now when we begin speaking dave as you know as with you you talk about what you know and i was an expert getting, keeping, and deserving customers. I was an expert at promoting business. And because I used every opportunity to get smarter, all my executives were brilliant business professionals. And I used to say, what made you the best salesperson in your company? What did you do to your small company, that a big company wanted to pay you millions of dollars for it? And I of course, was raised by a father who was very successful in business. I'd always worked 100% on commission. So it was as if I was in business for myself. I was learning from my clients. I was developing my own skills. And this gave me a platform to talk about. Now, you fast forward 10, 15 years of delivering 100, 120 keynotes a year and listening to my clients they told me what they wanted to pay me for. one can you help our executives improve their presentations? We want them to speak like you or can can you help our salespeople speak the way you do because we are losing major contracts has nothing to do with our offering or our price. The sales presentations are better with our competitors than ours. So there was a certain point, although I was delivering keynote speeches, the major portion, and now I would say 80% of my practice is helping leaders, sales professionals, and engineers in Silicon Valley. That's interesting.
1: I had not realized that you had shifted your focus so much to working with engineers in Silicon Valley. Of course, I've seen you on the big stage at conferences, and I I know of your skills. And you even briefly coached me um, on a presentation where I had the the pleasure of calling you up and just getting your attention for some help with something. Uh, And that was after I had left a previous career in engineering, so I'm particularly interested in that. And as you know, scientists and engineers are a focus of this program, so... Tell me more about the work you do with engineers and, and, and a key point you would make to help someone improve a technical presentation.
0: Well, one of my biggest clients is called Nutanix. And for the last four years, I have coached up to 100 engineers De- develop their presentations to deliver at the big customer conference called Dot Next. and because they're all over the world. I deliver them in zoom. So we would help them one structure their presentations and then the wordsmithing and the delivery. And then I would go in person. Of course, this year it was all virtual, but I would go in person on location and coach them in person. And the the head of marketing, my boss said, mandatory has become popular and requested because of frip when it comes to speech coaching so what i help engineers with is very much what we would do with any other audience they are content experts and they are brilliant and they know this subject however We know you have to captivate the audience. The purpose of the opening is to arouse interest in the subject. So I help them with a good, clean opening to get the audience excited. We always have to focus on the audience. Who is this for? Speak as an audience advocate. Look at it from the audience's point of view. You need to have a logical structure. And, of course, your case histories are really what we call stories. You give case histories of satisfied customers who are using what you are talking about at the moment. And then you have to add specific language. For example, one brilliant engineer, as part of his presentation, said there are two things people love about And the most frequently asked questions of all my clients is, if it weren't a thing, what would it be? He said, innovative upgrades. I said, there are billions of people in the world. What people love your innovative upgrades? He said, systems administrators. Now, Dave, can you see the quality difference between the two things people love about and there are two innovative upgrades that systems administrators love?
1: Oh, yes, that's so much more powerful.
0: And at that conference, they were customers from 71 different countries. You can see the difference, and English is our first language. Can you imagine if English is your third language? If you are not being very specific and people are trying to interpret, even though they speak, speak business English, mm-hmm. The level of communication and the the power of your message is, is so improved. It's so specificity builds credibility.
1: Specificity and, builds credibility. credibility. I'm just repeating that because I wanted to underscore it.
0: Specificity builds credibility. Specificity also builds confidence in the audience that you, we know you're a content expert. They have to have the confidence of knowing. And and what I stress, and this would be true for every company, it would be true if you're talking to your senior management, your team leaders, or if it was an audience of your customers. They need to have confidence that, wow... Obviously, any time we hear, we hear a presenter from Nutanix, they bring out the big guns.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Also, as you know, engineers, systems engineers, these are brilliant people, but they're very modest. And in these sessions, they, the first person who speaks introduces the second person. And very often they say, oh, and I'll let John introduce himself. I say, no, you won't. Because John is going to say, well, my name is and this is my role. And I say, no, you want to say you are in for a treat. My co-presenter was the lead engineer on this. He has 20 years industry experience. Because what I have heard from the customers, because they have customers that speak at their conferences, is, wow, the person who was helping us had designed the product we're using well people are too modest but when you're talking about each other it's what i call being each other's pr agents
1: ah okay
0: and it's not that you're patting yourself on the back what it is it's building confidence in the audience and you know systems engineers, that the technical part of a sale, they have so much authority because they're not seen as sales professionals. They are the perfect people to sell. So what I always suggest that they say when they review their presentation is to say, when you talk to your leadership about this presentation or when you talk to your colleagues about this presentation, be sure to tell them bullet, 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 bullet. Bullet. So, this is the review of the high points of what you're discussing. However, you are subtly let, letting people know it is very normal and expected that you would go and report to your colleagues, you would report to your leadership on what you learned.
1: Of course, that makes perfect sense. Yes. And so, you're, you're promoting, in a sense, even though you're modest about yourself you're promoting that presentation
0: yes and but it's not in that case it is the content about the presentation content. because they they're talking about their different their different offerings and then your last words linger and of course the last slide always says thank you which i think is pathetic and Yes, it gives their email addresses. But I say, if ever you're going to thank the audience, you have to thank them for something specific. So thank you for your interest in whatever the name of the session was. And remember. And that the remember is your last words linger. And that is one of the key ideas from your session. So, for example, I might say, and remember. All learning requires repetition and reinforcement. So is that last? Yes, thank them for their interest or thank them for their, their quality of questions. Thank you for your enthusiasm. Thank you for selecting this session. And remember, zup, something fr- a key idea from your presentation.
1: I have so often repeated what I've heard you say. Last words linger. Mm-hmm. Which is the reason that I, I put people in a very uncomfortable position every time I tell them, do not end with your Q&A. Because that is what people are so accustomed to in a technical presentation. The presentation ends, and then you take questions. And then, of course, the last thing people will hear from you is something like, well, if there are no more questions, then I guess, thank you very much. And how memorable is that?
0: Yes, you don't want people to peter out because we usually spend time in how do you grab the audience at the beginning? How do you keep them? And oh, and here's one other technique that I give, whether it's just a client demo or if it's in a presentation, because usually these technical sessions have a, a demo. And this is one line, and I've had engineers all over the world send me email. It It worked. So you're about to look down at your computer to run the trial or in real life, if you're with a customer, you're going to do a demo. I always say, look at them and smile and say, sit back and be amazed. And then you look down and get it going.
1: (laughs) If you're not
0: excited about what you're demonstrating, why would they be?
1: Of course, you've got to get that excitement. And and I hope my excitement in having you on the show is reading through as well. We are going to take a short break to hear from our sponsor. And when we come back, I'm looking forward to hearing about the scientist you say you've worked with uh, and coached and the audience of 100% scientists that you said you spoke to. And I'll be curious to know what your takeaways were from that. So we're taking a short break, and then we'll be right back. You are a knowledgeable expert, and you want your expertise to make a difference to your audience. But you can't see them and gauge their reactions. Therefore, you need new tools for engaging that unseen audience. Hi, I'm David Ote, offering you a way to pick up those tools. In my new self paced online course, you will discover three ways to improve your story. One fascinating tool for hooking your audience's attention and eight details in your physical environment that will set you apart from other virtual presenters. Today's technical presentations are going virtual and that means you can reach a wider audience as long as you understand how to serve that audience. So join me for the online course Own the Virtual Stage. Confidently connect with an unseen audience. Just go to OwnTheVirtualStage.com for details. Welcome back. I'm David Ote on the power of story and science, and with me is my esteemed guest, Patricia Fripp, or simply Fripp, as she prefers to be known. Fripp, we were talking about your helping people with their technical presentations. I loved the bit about when you're doing a demonstration of your product or software, the sit back and be amazed. Um, I'd like to hear more about your, your work with scientists. You mentioned coaching, a scientist and speaking to an audience made up entirely of scientists what did you take away from those experiences
0: what well, my first scientist ever was my next-door neighbor and this was back in the 90s he was working for genentech he was a lead uh, lead scientist on a project developing an aids vaccine mm. and i said mike would you like to speak to my goal, my continental breakfast club? This is a group of business women and we have speakers every two weeks. he has got a great personality. And of course, AIDS was such a popular, well, it was in the headlines. We wanted to hear from someone working on a vaccine. And I said, understand Mike, you are very smart And we're very smart, however, we don't spend time with scientists. So I want you to open your presentation, telling us what is it like to be a scientist. And this is what he said. Being a scientist is like doing a jigsaw puzzle in a snowstorm at night when you don't have all the pieces and you don't have the picture you're trying to create
1: oh that's wonderful
0: <laughs> and i defy you to come up with a better description of what is very complex for a lay audience and that was his words he's obviously a great communicator you no know, that was good and so that was a great opening of which he captivated us we all sat forward now before we continue with the rest of the coaching session let's look at what was so powerful one he used simple words however they were picture words
1: Mm. Mm -hmm.
0: being a scientist okay i see someone in a white coat is like doing a jigsaw puzzle all right i i my brother and I grew up with kids with jigsaw puzzles, and my parents had this big piece of lino that they would put on the table so you can do the jigsaw puzzle and as we got older, they got very complex, so you wouldn't do it in one seating, so you'd have to move it off and come back so i for a moment I flash back to that scene in a snowstorm. The picture changes at night when you don't have all the pieces and you don't have the picture you're trying to create. Because if you think of it this way, whether your presentation is technical or not, some words communicate more information than the time it takes to say them.
1: Can you and get More information. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. And picture words, you see, we use words to communicate. However, very often our audience sees what we are saying. Now, as a visual person, I could see me with my brother. I could see the snow. For an engineer, you might see it in, in, in a chart or a graph, you, but but you – a good portion is visual memory, which makes you remember what the speaker is talking about. So then I said, "Well, you've got a twenty-five-minute speech. You're probably going to have three points." And one of his one of his points was about DNA. Now, now you understand. This was in the nineties. This was before all the CSIs and mm-hmm. and the, so. He was talking about about, imagine you have a store now you and I know the word imagine immediately brings the audience with oh what am I going to see imagine you own a store and a thief comes in and grabs something off the rack and runs out and you run after him and you grab his shirt collar now he keeps running but you manage to pull his shirt off (laughs) the perspiration In the collar, the police can tell you, track down who this is. And so we could see the shirt he was holding. Mm, mm -hmm. So you You see, he had, as well as anyone I've ever seen, the ability to simplify the complex for a lay audience.
1: Wow. Quite an ability to
0: have. I was talking to one of my clients this just this morning. And you and said, very often, you know, we are told to dumb down our presentation. I said, no, 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 that sounds demeaning because you don't dumb down what you do is just what Mike was doing. You were taking the complex and simplifying it, just as you say, Dave with stories. Help me see it. Now that you've got my attention, now if you want to get more complex, you want to get more specific, you've got my attention. Because most of our audiences are going to be technical and less technical and perhaps not technical at all. So you start with what I call words, bigger picture. This is what our technology does. This is how it's going to increase your market share. Because the senior leaders don't care so much about knowing how it works, every nitpicky detail. They want to know if I invest half a million dollars with your company, how is it going to help me accomplish my goals?
1: That's right. What so results?
0: That is a fatter conversation. Now, all right, now you're going to talk to the, the chief technical officer and his team about how this really works. And then you're going to get really deeper. Your engineers work with their engineers. Now you're going to make this roll it out. So it's not dumbing it down. It's just delivering the message at the right level of abstraction for our audience. At
1: the right level. Level of abstraction.
0: Now let's go back to Mike Powell. So he went through his talk and then he was getting ready for his close. And as we've just discussed, Dave, you've got to start out well and you've got to close on a high. And so this is what I suggested he do. At the beginning of my presentation, you heard of the frustration of being a scientist. And many people ask us, why would you do it? Last story. Two steps forward on silence for dramatic effect. You never do it more than two or three times in a presentation or it looks like a technique. Because as Laurence Olivier says, the art is hiding the art. Of course. He said, Miami, Florida, fourth day of a conference. We'd been locked in the same room since 7.30 in the morning. It was now three in the afternoon. The last speaker walked from the back of the room. A young woman none of us recognized. She walked to the lectern and said, I am a 32-year-old mother. I'm am I'm a 32-year-old wife and mother of two. I have AIDS. Please work fast. Standing ovation, first presentation to a lay audience. That was my first scientist.
1: Wow. Wow, that's quite... Uh quite an impressive display of what someone can do with a powerful story when they are also the expert on their content.
0: Well, then of course that led to your second question was when I was invited to speak to the, I I guess this would have been a local chapter of the pharmaceutical scientists of America. And Obviously, I wanted to do well for my next door neighbor. <laughs> and I realized, because as you do, Dave, when people recommend us, if we don't do well, they don't hire us again. But, but they also say, you recommended that person who was
1: Right. Their reputation is at stake as well.
0: And have longer impact because that's their world. And I, I was thinking, well, you know, I knew I could give a good presentation, but I'd never spoken to what I perceived as such a smart, you know, I, I can speak to very brilliant business people because I'm in business. And, and I began my presentation, I probably had an opening story, and then I said, you know, I must admit, I, I really was thinking, what on earth can I say to scientists? And then I realized pharmaceutical scientists are also people. I know how to talk to people. So then I, talk, so I said, if it's okay with you, I'm going to talk to you as a person rather than a pharmaceutical scientist. And they all laughed and it worked well.
1: Oh, that's remarkable. That's remarkable.
0: Here is one piece of advice I will throw out to any speaker. All right. Don't try and ki- compete intellectually with people who are smarter than you are. Now, understand, Dave, I am very smart at what I know. However, I am the first to say to the scientists, I don't know what you know. I'm not trying to compete to prove how smart I am trying to compete with what you know. It's just finding the balance. And when I talk to my my engineer clients, when I'm talking to people, I said, well, I know somebody said to me once... Uh, what do you know about nuclear engineering? You know who, who else in the industry have I spoken to? I said, well, nobody. <laughs> However, I am an expert in presentation skills. You're not hiring me for my expertise in nuclear, nuclear engineering. engineering of course. You are engaging me to help you communicate more effectively your message to audiences. Many of them are more like me than they are like you.
1: What a great perspective. We we talk a lot on this program about the power of story mm. and how story is what forms that connection with your audience so that your information can transfer. I talk about putting connection before content and empathy before evidence and how your information goes nowhere if you don't meet the needs of your audience. So in the last couple of minutes that we've got here, Aside from using specificity, which you've mentioned, and the principle that last words linger, is there one storytelling tip that you'd like to leave my audience with?
0: Yes. Stories are about people, and people speak. Ah. So for example, in a technical presentation the audience wants to know if i say yes to you what is that going to look like for us so you might say give a story then about somebody three months ago john smith who's a systems engineer at abc company said hey we've got this problem can you help And you deliver the actual words. Now, our friend, Michael Hague, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Hollywood story consultant, always says a story needs to be true, not 100% accurate. Now, and I work a lot with salespeople as well, and they always laugh at that. I say, no, what you do is you shrink time. So, Any conversation that you put in your story might have happened over three months with multiple different people, but you want a starting point. And the starting point is always imagine they said help and could clearly articulate their problem what that's the starting point so this is how this technology worked for this company and that we did this 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 just as we recommend you do we start with a demo and and what you are doing is answering the audience's unasked questions what happens what is my next step with you you're describing it through a story or a case history so the situation is always in the happy customer words, the help, the situation, this, the solution can be in your words. So we did the demo just as you've seen. And then the next logical step was that. Well, after they've used the ABC, whatever the program is, for three months, just last week, he called and said, I wouldn't have believed it possible. My leadership's off the back. We are not working through weekends. And if you, you have never seen as many happy engineers in your life, thank you for holding my hand through the process.
1: And that has more power as coming to the audience as something that someone actually told you on the phone instead of you simply describing that we had have to have, have a happy customer.
0: Yes. And there's a lot of subtext in that. The words of what you say, the subtext is, listen to what the happy customer said. Got the leadership off my back. We're not working weekends. You've never seen as many happy engineers. So you think, huh, I work with them I'm not going to be called out in the middle of my kids' softball game again. Oh, leadership isn't breathing down my back. Fix this fast. So that is the power of stories. You're absolutely correct.
1: Mm. Thank you for sharing that with us. I I know we could go on much longer because you have so much rich information about delivery and storytelling. And so it is with some reluctance that I draw this to a close. And what I would like to wrap up with is how may people reach you and what is the the thing you most want them to know about uh, following up with you or with your programs that are available online?
0: Well, the best is just remember my name, Fripp. Go to Fripp.com. At the top right, you can get free resources on how to speak and train in a virtual world. There are plenty of free resources, a thousand blog posts on presentation skills. If you would like uh, a demo of Fripp virtual training, my online learning program, you can just click Fripp VT. However, as long as you remember Fripp, you can find out how to contact me.
1: Well, that seems easy enough to remember, and I'll have it on the screen as well and in the program notes. Fripp, thank you. It has been such a pleasure having you on the show. You've enlightened my audience so much on how they might be perceived as even more of an expert than perhaps they already are. Thank you again.
0: My pleasure.
1: This is David Odie, and this is The Power of Story and Science. If you'd like to follow up with me with any questions or suggestions about the program, you can go to storyandscience.com. This has been The Power of Story and Science. If you like what you heard, please tell a friend, leave us a review, or so that you don't miss anything, Subscribe at Podbean or wherever you like to get your podcasts. This program is a production of Speaking of Solutions, LLC. Theme music by Kevin Lufkin. I'm David Ode. Thanks for listening.